What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It's time for the Hard Rock Lunchbox and the Top 20. How is everybody doing? It's the 9th of March. Not the Ides of March. That's next week. It's the 9th, 9th of March, 2023. And I have to tell you, the beard is looking better. <laughs> I have to tell you, I actually put in some time before my show on Friday. Uh, to like kind of, I, I watched a video. Like I'm a grown ass man. I watched a video about how to shave my beard. And first of all, the hipster dude that was like shaving his beard that I was trying to follow I was like, I was like, I'm not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> you ever watch like a YouTube video or anything like that? It's like, oh, this is so cool, like super interesting and stuff like that. Like, I'm not doing half of those things because I'm just not gonna do that. I'm not. <laughs> First of all, he did a lot of stuff with, like, lines, and, like, I'm not doing that. I just, I'm not doing that. Like, you know, if I went to somebody and they were like, hey, man, we're going to do this, like, okay, I, I wouldn't stop them, but, like, uh, I've been a urologist. I didn't stop him either, if you know what I mean. That <laughs> was more consensual. I also paid him for that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, but I realized that, like, much like, an unkempt lawn, or an unkept lawn. This takes like more work. I'm so. Oh, I meant to get beard oil. <laughs> I need to get beard. Like now, it's a thing in my life. Like one more thing I need to remember to do is I need to get beard oil. And the reality is, like, I feel like I don't spend much of my time, much of my life, looking at myself until I come here to make sure I'm actually in frame and in focus. And honestly, between us, like that's too much time looking at myself. That, that's too much time. See, see, I, got, I need a new clip for this shit. Like, I could do that. <laughs> like, sorry, I got to stop doing all this visual stuff because I know how awesome that plays on radio. But uh, how's everybody doing? Everybody all right? I am not doing okay here. Physically uh, and health-wise, I'm having a lot of problems. I'm actually having, at this point, I'm actually having so many problems, I'm uncomfortable complaining about it. Like, let that sink in for a second. Like, just suffice to say that your your superhero is not doing so well today. I'm just hoping things will clear up in the next three to four weeks, which is apparently my time frame for things to get better. But, like, I am just hella exhausted. Like, I, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's just, it's so, it's so exhausting just, like, being alive. Like, you know, and I want to stay alive. Like, I want to make that quite clear. Like, I'm not looking to opt out here. I'm just, I'm having... I'm having the hardest time just doing, like, basic things, like, getting from 8 in the morning to, like, you know, 11 at night. Like, just, I'm trying to do that. That That's that's becoming more and more difficult. But we got some housekeeping to do, so let's get to that, shall we? Um, so, the brand new Top 20 is out on StrangerHood TV. You should check that out. I would personally appreciate it if you give it a like, subscribe, listen, throw in a comment. I'll get to the comments probably over the weekend or early next week. Uh, I'm just running a little bit behind at work and stuff. Um, but uh, it's the one where I'm sort of talking about building like a community and, and sort of like how to make not necessarily better, well, yeah, necessarily better shows, like what I think the, the correct formula is for something like that. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, we're, it's, it's, like, it would have been important for you to watch it already, because we're about to continue that discussion, because of how the show went down on Friday night, but it's okay, because you can watch them, 
you know, afterwards, and then you can just follow along. And please feel free to ask any questions or comments, and then I'll just try and get to them when I can. If I get to them in a timely fashion, sometimes I'll just address them here. Uh, but yeah, so check that out. Also on, um, also on Strangerhood TV, you have Bacon is My Podcast. Uh, they have their seven questions and interview with Dead Lakes. Uh, also, Discussions and Drinks. That was the openers uh, that became some of my favorite bands and stuff, so check that out. Uh, Thursday, that's tonight at 9. I think they're probably doing another live stream. I don't see Mikey in the chat to confirm that, but uh, if he pops in later, uh, we'll find out. I think their they're Thursday night is their live stream. Uh, although I know they are not working with Caggiano today because I am. I'm going in the studio tonight to finish up backing vocals. I have two guitar things I need to throw into. Um, like when I tell you, like I'm dragging. Like here's here's what's funny. Like tonight I've actually got to drag my guitar, Caggiano, to do. I'm gonna say two tracks of about 30 seconds of guitar in a song called Inside. Just this sort of melody line. And the reason we have to do that is because when I was working on my own, I, we realized that there was like five million options here. So we're actually just going to throw them down and just say like, yep, that's right, or try this and do that and just bang it out. should take like all of 20 minutes, right? But I have to bring my guitar to do that. But what makes it funny is like, that's not even the biggest waste of time. I actually have to drag my acoustic guitar out for what we are considering to be one single strum. <laughs> but since I'm recording vocals, we'll just probably just throw it through the same channel and just be done with it. So I'll be doing that tonight. So do not expect Kajan to make an appearance. I'll be pissed. If he is twitching, like while I am, uh, or on Twitch, I mean, he could Twitch all he wants. So I'm not here to judge. But, like, if he's on Twitch while recording my vocals, like, that's a level of, uh, like, multitasking that I am uncomfortable with. So, you'll probably just have to settle for Jimmy and Mikey today, and that's fine. Um, I do have some videos coming out soon. There are some Rebel 9 videos coming out. Maybe we should save that talk. Maybe I'll save that conversation for next week because I've got this whole master plan. And anytime I have a master plan, it's usually a disaster. It should just be a disaster plan. A master disaster plan. Like, that's my, that should be my, like, master disaster plan. <laughs> Here I am. Uh, got shows coming up. Check out rebel9.com slash shows. Check that out. Uh, and we will get into that as we go. i got to fi- start finalizing some lineups for our, our shows coming up this, uh, this year. Wow, that was a lot. I'm I'm super out of breath just from that. It's so much fun. Um, so what else is going on? Or not, well, what is going on? How about we start there? What is going on? I want to thank everybody that made their way out to 89 North and Patchogue on Friday to come check us out. We actually had a surprisingly good draw. I don't know if it was because I was, like, really sad and pathetic towards the end of it, like, towards the end of last week, asking people to come. But we did end up having a bunch of people come out, and that was really nice to get to hang. Uh, so I appreciate that. I, I always find, like, I don't get to hang with everybody as much as I'd like because there's literally only so much time I can hang with everybody before, you know, like during that kind of small window and also like just I, I mean I know everybody knows this but I always feel horrible like there's, there's so there's such a limit to the amount that I can hang out before a show because I just there's something about my speaking voice like as an, I, I understand it's annoying to listen to and that's fine but like there's something about the way I speak that just ends up 
blowing my voice out. Something about this particular range. You know, I always do my warm-ups and stuff like that, but, like, I really, I really need to not speak uh, at shows beforehand because I have to tell you, man, like, I go to practice, I'll sing for three hours straight without an issue. And I go to rehear- I go to a show like this, I have trouble towards the end of it, and it's only, like, certain places, like, in my range because that's where I speak, I guess. Uh, but it just, like, I hit a couple of, couple of notes that were like, oh, this is going to hurt, or I can't hold it as long, or it wasn't quite what I wanted. And it's just, it, it only ever happens at shows. Like, I, I'll nail them always at practice, uh, way better at practice. Like, even if we do them three or four times, it's always at shows. And I have to tell you, I have, over the past two years, I feel like I've all but perfected my, like, pre-show and during-show cocktail. I've done really two things that have made, like, a major, major change for me vocally on stage. One, I am just swimming in, uh, in, in, um, uh, why am I drawing such a blank? They are adaptogens, right? They're, they're a kind of supplement, a kind of, uh, plant-based thingy, thingy thing, uh, or, um, protein like I take uh, L-theanine is a big one for me so a lot of times I'm just swimming at it and just sort of just keeps me even uh, and that helps a lot I have taken too much of it I, I remember I did definitely take too much of the show and I was like hey man how's everybody doing today like why don't we uh, you know everybody want to take a break like that so I got to be careful with that but I feel like I've gotten pretty close to where I want it to be that just keeps me from flipping out which is great I've also turn the corner on uh, generally giving a shit. Like, I feel like at this point, like, there is nothing I can't sing my way out of one way or another, and the realization that if I had a show where I completely lost my voice, that being the most talked about Rebel 9 show ever, in a good way, even, is just kind of, like, quite a comfort. So I just don't worry about that particular fear, and I don't have that particular phobia anymore. Uh, but then the last thing is I wear earplugs on stage now. Something I never did. I, I didn't. I didn't do it for the bulk of my career, but I do it now uh, because I started wearing them at practice. And honestly, if you're going to do one thing in practice and one thing in the show, like that's bad. That's bad form. You should really kind of rehearse the way you're going to perform. And I do think that that is something that is lost on a lot of bands. And I will tell you, I can tell. I can tell bands that rehearse a set versus bands that just rehearse some songs, right? Rebel Night is a band that rehearses a set. It's actually one of the reasons the, move, the set moves so well, because we've already rehearsed it, and we know how it sounds, and we know if it gets all chunky and clunky beforehand, like well before you'll ever hear it, so we just make changes. So we do that. Uh, but I've been wearing them, and what they do, well, they do two things. One, I can hear myself because you hear your inner head voice. Uh, I don't hear my guitar so well, but honestly, I've been playing guitar a lot longer than I'm singing, so, you know, and I make roughly one mistake on guitar per show, so if I even up that to five, I'm still, you know, doing pretty good, so it's fine, so that's one, but also, I don't scream, I don't have to scream to hear myself over monitors that don't exist, like, for example, this last show, Tony was just blasting, Tony's bass was blasting through the monitors, which is something that nobody has ever asked for, including Tony, by the way. And it just, you know, it wasn't a problem for me because it wasn't. You know, I could just sing right over it because I am the loudest thing in my head. And I have some adjustments, like I can pull them out and I can make some switches, but um, 
but there is there is still that problem because like I I don't go out much. So like when I do go out, I try I try to be social and I try and talk to people and I'm genuinely happy to see most of the people, all the people that come out to see us. Like I'm friends with most of our fans at this point. Like and a lot of them because I don't go out and a lot of other people don't go out. Like I just don't see outside of shows. So that's my time to talk to them. It's actually kind of something that I was toying with like maybe you know, like, there's an advantage to us playing early sometimes. Like, when the last time we played Mulcahy's or whatever, we were the opening act. And we were done by, like, 8.45, and I had a great time just hanging out. Like, <laughs> it's like when I go to somebody else's show, and I just don't have to give a shit how my voice sounds. Like, you know, like, if I go see, like, um, I forget what... I think the last time I saw Mikey and Craving at, uh, at Beery's, I wasn't playing on it, but I, I was able to go, and I got news for you. There is no level of freedom, like, I'm not singing later. Let's get another drink in here, and, like, let me scream my order to you, because I just don't care. Like, there's a lot of freedom in that, so I, I like that. I appreciate that. But if it ever seems like I'm not talking a lot before a show, and I know I feel like I've said this forever... If I'm not talking a lot before a show, it's because I'm not talking a lot before a show. Like, it, it is a one-to-one correlation, directly affects the way I sing, and I can tell you what notes it is. Like, in this particular one, we were covering Anthrax, and, and I hit, I went to go hit the word view in one of the, you know, pre-choruses, or actually the end of the verse, right before a chorus, and it's a, it's not a hard note at all, but it is right in that range that if I'm spending too much time talking, it's going to be hard. The most notable one, and I don't know that anybody would even know that, know this because we always play Keep You Near fairly late in the set, which means I've used my voice anyway. Um, but the last note of the song, I usually hold for like a couple of measures. I hold it almost as long as we hold the guitar. And you can tell by how tired my you can tell how tired my voice is by how short that note is if i just say like here you know like it's just an out like i am tired and the only thing that affects that is the amount i talk before a show and i used to be like i used to i i know plenty of other singers that you wouldn't even see before the show in fact when we used to play with the mob all the time like you would never see blackie before a show she would literally just appear on stage and the reason was is because if she wanted to sing like that she couldn't speak to anybody and when they were touring she would leave immediately too which is not something i can do because a i like to hang out with the people who come see our shows and two like most people like in the business like networking wise and venue wise they want to talk to me because I run the band. Now, if I had a manager or somebody else in the band that ran things, like in the mob, like Blackie could take off because Mickey and Carly ran the entire band. So they could just... They could, I don't know why I hit the applause for that. It was just my thumb slipping. But, um, but yeah. Like, I wish, I wish I could do that. I can't. I don't have that situation. I don't have that band. I don't have that management structure. So I can't. And I'm not... You know, and I'm me. I would rather talk to people and sort of risk the performance a little bit and that's selfish and that's sort of too bad but I think until I'm ruining the performance and people are like man you suck live then it's just worth it and honestly I, I, how many shows how many how many more shows really are there like gonna be like a hundred like I can figure it out like unless something from the new record hits like I think we're lo- I think we're inside the last hundred shows I know that sounds sad but it's not it's, it's really not like it's not even like a hard out or anything like that it's going to take years to do it, so we're in no danger, so please uh, don't don't fret at all. 
Uh, I will, however, take a few minutes to um, continue with the conversation that we were starting last week about, and this this all started with a Bacon is My Podcast discussion of drinks, where we were talking about local bands and sort of the responsibility, and Mikey was bringing up stuff like quality control, which has definitely been a banner I've been flying for years, because I think it is the number one thing that has destroyed uh, the reputation of local music. But I want to now, with the collection of people that are listening, either now or later, discuss um, with examples exactly what I was talking about. Um, So I'm not going to name any names, and I'm not even going to say that it was definitively my show on Friday, but I will tell you this. I attended a show recently where at least two of the bands were so awful that not only should they not have been on stage on a Saturday night in a primetime slot, I don't know if they're qualified to be on a stage of that caliber on a weekend ever or a weekday, honestly. I think these are bands that need to go back to bars and figure some shit out. Uh, I will say the last band I'm kind of half on the fence with. I I don't have a problem with bands that play dated music-ish specifically because if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. I have a problem when they really address it like it's like hot new music. Like, don't do that. And I'm going to throw in a caveat here, because this is something that I've been thinking about lately. I have always thought uh, that it's okay to do your brand of music as long as you understand exactly what it is. And I defined that when I was started to play with the band Station and hung out with those guys, because Station plays nothing but 80s, arenas rock, 80s arena rock, and they write new 80s arena rock all the time. And they lean into it as hard as you can lean into something without falling. Looks like like that Michael Jackson video where they just do that. And that's, you know what? That is fine because they play it like they play it. Uh, we on Long Island, we have a lot of bands that are stuck in a lot of old hard rock, a lot of metal, uh, like old sounding. Like there's new metal, dude. Like I've been playing like that new Lamb of God song, Omens. Like that's good. And it is updated because if you play old Lamb of God, it's not the same thing. And if you came out with that now, like, it'd be just boring and garbage. But, like, I appreciate some advancements. But I will make an, an admission right now. Uh, because what I've been noticing lately is that, the like, where Hard Rock is kind of leaning to with a lot of the elements of the electronica, I found a lot of it that I really liked. Like, some of the Silverstein stuff, some of the Wage War stuff. But I am over with how far it's going. And this is the first time that I can recall in my career where I was like, you know what, I don't want to go there. And this might be where I get stuck, but I don't know. Like, I I have a lot of strings to pull on and a lot of directions to write in. I don't need to follow. Uh, I was complaining about Stan Atlantic a couple weeks ago. I don't need to follow them into that sound. I don't like it, and I don't have to. Uh, and I'm also not fighting or vying for their spot, so... I might be in five years exactly that band that just can't get out of their own space. Like, and that'll be too bad, or it'll be the greatest thing ever. I don't honestly know. But going back to the show, like, for the people that were there, I want them to understand, or the show that I attended, not necessarily the one that I played, 
I want them to understand why that, because they might have felt it. Like, they might have felt why that show wasn't great. And they felt that because the show wasn't great. Uh, and I'm only going to address the first two bands because, again, the last band, like, you know, at least they drew a little bit, and that was good. The sad thing is, is that it looked like we actually outdrew everybody, and we didn't release anything. Like, this was like, yeah, whatever, forget it. Um, I want to address the first two bands. The first band, uh, just kind of like slower, really long songs, really, like, I was saying to Kaz uh, during the show, like, the biggest problem I was seeing with that is that, like, you, like they, they, they took the opening slot and like slowed it down. Like you don't come up on stage and be like, we're gonna slow it down a minute. Like, and that's exactly what they did. Like you don't do that. Like you have a job to do. Like I understand if you're like the, you know, some Southern Blues Festival or whatever. But, like you're at a rock show, man, on a on a Friday night. Like amp that shit up. And also, nobody. And I'm telling you this in my entire listening audience. Nobody wants to hear a seven to eight minute song live unless you're playing Freebird, that Frampton song, uh, Whipping Post, and I think that's about it. Nobody. It sucks. It's annoying. It's obnoxious. And unless it's the greatest song you've ever written, and everybody else agrees that it's the greatest song of the night, stop doing it. It ruins everything. And I will tell you, they just played song after song after song that was depressing and boring and too long. And they weren't even the worst on the bill. I have no idea how that second act got on that show and I'm going to ask as soon as I feel a little bit better I'm going to ask and I'm betting dollars to donuts the answer is going to be like he said he could sell 40 tickets he didn't I know that for a fact I can tell by the number of people that he did not bring and I can also tell by the number of people that were not interested in the services he was providing as told by me like packing my stuff up or getting my stuff ready and being texted by my bass player, hey, the floor is now completely empty. That is never a good sign for your lead-in band. And anybody who was there, as interesting as it might have been for one to two minutes, had to put up with 45 minutes of that. Yeah, he actually played longer than he was supposed to. And then we got to follow that. I, if it's not obvious to the bands, it really should be obvious to the bookers, the promoters, and the clubs. You are killing this industry by allowing this to happen. I, I can't make it any clearer. You're killing an industry that I love by allowing this to happen. There is no, no reason, no justification, no rationale that that level of quality of band should ever, ever be allowed to play a prime night at a prime club. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm offended that they actually were on a bill with us. 
And that's about as arrogant, as conceited as I'm going to get. But I'm going to take this opportunity because my band has done the work, has written really quality songs, plays tremendously well live, and does the goddamn job. And we were the best band on that night for a lot, by a lot, by a clear margin. And it's embarrassing to me personally to even be associated with some of those other acts. Other acts. It's not. It's not cool. It's not fair. And I just. I guess it's what happens when I drop the ball and like trust somebody else to like build a show or. I mean, I didn't even do that. I took a show that was completely out of my control. I expected to play in front of a packed house because the last band was putting together their EP release. And the only impressive thing that they really did, honestly, was take two entire tables for their merch, something I have never seen done. I've never seen that. Two entire tables. I just had my standard half table that I always use for Rebel 9 stuff. We do fine, but like, like, if your merch is the most impressive part about your set, I want to review it. But I cannot stress this enough. It is the responsibility of the people that are putting on these shows to have some, like, have some self-respect, man. Like, build better shows. I know I keep talking about, like, how we need to take other shows so we're exposed to other people. That's true. But, like, if we're only exposed to, like, 30 to 40 other people because that's all the other bands combined can muster, it's not worth it to me. And I'll stop playing those shows. And then they'll get worse and worse and worse and worse. Because as bands like mine start realizing that, like, it's not worth our time to play those, we're probably not going to. Especially as like as bands like mine really have to start picking and choosing what shows to play. But again, our other option is we play shows that we have control over. We invite bands that we trust to do the job. We invite bands that we know can do the job and do the job well on stage. Do the job well before the show. Do the job well off stage. Be a part of something. Be a part of a bigger show. Maybe tell somebody that they're playing. That kind of stuff. We can do those, but then we end up with these shows that are basically these big sandbox shows, which is great for everybody, including the bands, including the fans, and we we actually demonstrate what it looks like to have a big original night show, and that's great, except for the fact that there are no new people coming to see us, and that is a death spiral for bands like mine, and I do not know how to get out of that. I could make everybody, like, you can't come in the door unless you bring a new person, like, but are we really going to do that? I mean, how would I even enforce that? Like, last thing I need is people showing up, like some regular Rebel 9 fan, and then somebody they always show up with, like, in, you know, glasses and the mustache, be like, no, 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 this isn't so-and-so, this is Mario, he's my cousin, he's coming to see you for the first time. Like, Although that sounds like a really good idea, and I might actually do that, because that would be a hell of a lot of fun for me. And it's funny, because, like, I don't know about you, but I'm flipping through the Rolodex of people that come to Rebel 9 shows that would happily put on glasses and a mustache and pretend to be Mario just to get him for free, because that sounds fun. But the best part is, our fans, they would still pay for that ticket, because they're awesome. But it'd be a lot of fun to see a lot of Where's Waldos out in the audience, wouldn't it? I mean, not that I'd see them or anything, because, you know... Waldo. All right. All right. It's been too long. I think we can all agree on that. Here's some music. I'll complain more after the break. <laughs> 